Well, all right, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to all of you this morning. I'm just feeling real, real good this morning about this new day that the Lord has made. I come to rejoice and to be glad in it. And I don't know about you, but rejoicing has already begun this morning. Amen. Uh, as Sister Green was coming on, and we were just talking about how Mother enjoyed herself yesterday. And, and I heard joy. I heard the Lord speaking about the joy of the Lord being our strength. Amen. And so, uh, you know, I just want to declare that over you this morning, that the joy of the Lord throughout the day going forward, the rest of your life, that you'll understand that there's power in joy. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And so, you know, it, it's, it's just amazing, you know, how God sends joy to be able to lift us up in the midst sometimes of so many unpleasant situations. You know, he, he, he says in the book of Psalms, through the Psalmist David, chapter 30, verse 5, he says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I'm going to declare to you in faith this morning, don't you try to hold on to weeping longer than God said you were supposed to hang on to it. Let it go, grab you some joy, and be encouraged and be uplifted. Let that joy strengthen you. Don't try to, don't try to marry weeping. Don't try to hang on to it. Don't try to build no relationship and future on it. Some folks just love to weep sometime, and you know, weeping is it, it comes and it's a season for weeping and it's occasion for weeping. But don't try to hold on to it. Hang out with it, man. You know, and fall in love with it too long. You you'll miss out on joy that comes to strengthen you. Amen. It says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God is always about. You know, putting a time limit on everything, especially those things that are not of God. The only things that last forever all through eternity is the blessings of God. You know, they make you rich, plenty, full, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. And he added no sorrow to it. Anything else? Amen. Don't try to don't try to take no ownership of it. Release it out of your life as quickly as you can, especially stuff that cause you to weep and to sorrow over stuff and to feel tormented about stuff and cause fear and all that and dread and oppression and depression. You don't want to hang on to that stuff too long. Amen. Because it's not of God. Amen. And so, amen. Just wanted to throw that in there this morning. I declare that the joy of the Lord be your strength going forward. Amen. Praise the Lord. So again, I'd like to welcome all of you this morning. This is Monday morning. Amen. It's 6.02 a.m. And Monday morning, September the 28th. We're just a new day still that the Lord has made. We come rejoicing and we're glad in it. Pastor Sharon and I here this morning just greet all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our awesome, amazing, incredible name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is worthy to be exalted and lifted up because he has already exalted his name and his word above all else. And he has magnified his word above all of his name. And so great is our God and greatly to be praised. So we just love all of you and thank you all. We love the Lord this morning as we know you do too. And we're all just people that are in love with God and we, we're learning to love each other as we love ourselves. Amen. And it's just a blessing, man, to just be able to come and, and, and fellowship with the saints and fellowship and communion, the Holy Ghost together and assemble ourselves together and, and exalt one another, man, as we all see the day of the Lord approaching, you know, exalting one another, man. What a beautiful a thing that we are not limited to some building, geographical location that we can just call in and bam, we're right here fellowshipping. Like we can just reach out and touch each other. And I heard Pastor Sharon make a statement yesterday. She said the word was just so good. It brought Christ near. Like you could just reach right there and touch him and just be in the midst of what they was the conversation they was having, you know, being witnesses, man. It's like, yeah, we could have walked away and been a witness too, because it just felt like we were just right there. 
And it's amazing when you start lifting up the name of Jesus and talking about Jesus and, and going over what others said about him. It does bring a nearness to you, man. It's like you can almost just feel it. It's like almost you can transform yourself right into that place, man. And that's what God wants. He wants his presence to be felt. When you start talking about him, his presence does show up. And he comes in the midst because he said, when two or three gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And he's not like a physical person. He's a spiritual person. So you got to get spiritually minded and get in the spirit in order to feel the spiritual presence of God. Amen. Like we felt this morning, we were talking about joy, which is one of the spiritual fruit. And bam, the Holy Ghost just kind of showered us real quick right there. And so we give God praise for that because it's in the presence of the Lord. There's a fullness of joy and pleasures at his right side forevermore. And we experienced that this morning. Amen. And so we want to get into the word. Let's just go ahead and pray. Welcome all of our prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers, men and women that watch on the towers of prayer. Amen. For things that are coming and things that are leaving. Amen. And we just thank God for closing doors that nobody can close and open the doors that nobody can open. We give him all the praise and all the glory and all of the honor. And these are dire straits and times we're living in. Bible calls them evil days and we are to redeem those evil days. Amen. And we're doing it right now as we come together and we learn and we grow and we teach and we preach and, you know, we pray and we exalt, you know, we encourage and we, we, we comment, you know, all these are, are weapons that we use, man, to counter every lie, deceptive, false teaching, prophecy, heresy out there, man, that, that has been spewed out there and has messed people's up, man, that walk up and God is coming along today doing what God does. He said, I want you to know the truth and the truth make you free. And so he's still in that business of the truth he, because I want you to know the truth, that the truth might sanctify you, you know, consecrate you, separate you, renew you. Amen. Because it is the word of God. Amen. And so we're being sanctified every time we hear this word and let me tell you something you won't hear on this line by divine appointment and assignment you know this is your mission right now until god completes and finishes the work that he has begun in us amen he's not going to do that till he comes back to redeem us up out of here amen we can eternally be with him and so just be blessed to be on the part of this creating a proud culture for god and let God just continue to use you and bless you and fill you up, man. And whatever he want to do, just get out of the way and say, God, just have your way in my life. I don't want to do anything to hinder the block or to stand in the way of what you have started, God. And so, amen. That would be a tragedy. Amen. And so we thank God for all of you. So let's pray this morning and get started here. You know, welcome all those around the world out there, man. And, you know, our, our radio listeners, man, uh, uh, you know, those out there on the different podcasts, Cashbox, Podbeam. Wherever you know that we have uh, we have uh, access hearers this morning that are hearing this, listening to this live, you know, those who are listening later, you know, play it back, you know. So we just give God praise all over the world. I think I heard yesterday a count of 38 uh, different, 38 different um, countries or something like that. And so we just give God praise. God is the one that enlarges our territory. He's the one that gives increase. You know, he said, we plant, we water. We don't know which one we're doing. We're running the same, but he gives the increase. And so we thank God for increase, enlarging our territory, souls being saved, backsliders coming back, prodigal sons and daughters waking up out of the pig pens of life out there and coming back to their father's house where they know there's love and all the gays and even the straights out there that are right now dealing with stuff about identity crisis and lost identity and all of that and doing the abominable things with their bodies amen we just give god praise that he touch and move in those situations man and spill some truth over on them that they'll have a chance to be free from hearing the gospel and we just thank god for the atheists out there getting saved and changing their mind many many other denomination and cultures out there and occult practices out there people are waking up to the truth and they're coming out of that darkness 
things because they want to be saved. And now we know we got Halloween right in front of us, man. Mm -hmm. And so we bind up the spirit of witchcraft and rebellion right now out there. All that sorcery, all that different stuff that's going on right now. People putting out all kind of decorations on the yard to scare people. We bind up that spirit of fear right now in the neighborhoods, amen, in the name of Jesus. And we're praying for deliverance in our school systems. I'm so glad that kids ain't back in school right now because if they were, they have them putting all kind of artwork up with Halloween goblins and witches and spider webs and all that craziness. So we give God for that. We praise for that, amen, because he's shutting all that practice down, all that stuff down, because he wants his kingdom to be promoted, his agenda to be promoted, his name to be lifted up. And so we yes. thank God, amen. We got to see the blessing. The Bible said we would have fainted had we not believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So God is working. He's never sleep. He don't slumber. He's always working things out together for our good and for his good. Amen. Yes. And so we give him praise for that. Amen. We thank him for that. So let's pray. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Ever. And so, Holy Ghost, we just ask you this morning for a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge this morning. I ask you this morning to bless the ears of the hearers this morning. We pray this morning as we open up the revelation of Jesus Christ concerning the creative power of God this morning. We thank you for the word that will testify, the word that will, in, that will interpret the word for us, that we don't need no private interpretation because the word interprets itself. Amen. And so we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Let the word of God bear witness of the creative power of God. And Father, we'll be so blessed by what we're about to hear. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor this morning. We eliminate all the false teaching all the false prophecy. We bind that in the, in the lives of people right now. We forbid it to speak to them any longer. We cast it out this morning, Lord God, and we pray that you send the consuming fire to burn up everything that you did not plant, you did not order to be in our lives. Father, that you crush it right now, Lord God. Squeeze it out of us right now, Lord God, and fill us up, sanctify us, consecrate us, and anoint us with your truth this morning. Let us be sanctified, set aside for your sacred purpose, which is to be a witness to you. And we thank you for it now. We praise you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Heard some folks coming on. If you just put your phone on mute, we really would appreciate it. We'll give you a chance at the end there to come back and take it off mute and share with uh, some comments. So please do that for us this morning. We don't want anything to distract from this powerful word that's about to go forth. Amen. So we're going to be talking this morning out of the second book of John's gospel. Amen. The second chapter. We're going to start at verse 1. And uh, my golden objective is to try to get down to at least verse 11. But I'm not in no rush. Amen. It's just a goal. Uh, you know, we can go further, we can go, it'll be shorter, we, we got nothing but time, we're learning chapter upon chapter, you know, line upon line, verse upon verse, precept upon precept, word upon word, we want all that God wants for us, we want to turn over everything, let it be unveiled to us, let it be revealed to us, and let God's word speak to us, amen, because we don't need any private interpretation, the word of God interprets the word of God, I wish somebody would get that man in the pulpit going forward. I wish some clergy would hear that, man, that the Bible said the word of God is without private interpretation. Amen. The word of God is designed to interpret itself. Amen. So if you want to know what the word is saying, let the word tell you what it's saying and you just believe it. Amen. Don't confuse yourself by it because that's the enemy trying to work confusion. And God wants you to have wisdom, and then he wants you to have knowledge, and then he wants you to have understanding of the both. All you got to do is ask him for it. God, give me wisdom, and then turn around and say, Lord, give me uh, understanding of the wisdom and the knowledge that you've given me. 
That's how it works, you know. Don't complicate the process, amen. So let's go in here and unveil and open up and see uh, what's about to take place. One of the things I would tell you as we preface this message this morning, we're going to see one of the first miracles that was done by Jesus. You know, we're going to see his creative power perform the first miracle. And I tell you, man, it blessed my socks off when I was reading this. And I didn't preach from this chapter. I didn't read this before. And I know about this miracle in Cana, man, but it just went to a whole nother level the last couple of days when I was preparing to teach this morning. And so I pray and hope it be a blessing to you as it was a blessing to me. Again, uh, I'm Pastor Lester Hayes here, Pastor Sharon and I here this morning, you know, to, you know, to just share with you this morning, amen, the word of the Lord. And uh, we're still ministering under a big cloud called the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's from the book of John. He is the author of this book, amen. And uh, we're talking about the revelations. We're going to start talking about the revelations of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we're going to see some creative power that came from the Son of God, things that only he could do. You know, this is a revelation because some people sometimes try to take credit for things that only God can do. And, you know, and they end up, you know, deceiving people and lying. I'm telling you this because this is such a timely revelatory word because we're living in the last days right now. And the Bible said that this would be the times of the Antichrist, the troubles of Jacob, the, 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 abomin the abomination and desolations. These are going to be these times when you're going to see the work of the Antichrist, the, 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 you know, the ministers of Satan that are transformed into ministers of light. And the Bible said the false prophets and false teachers, according to First uh, Peter, the third chapter, they're already out there among us. You know, and we're seeing and we're hearing and, you know, if you just go on Facebook on some Sundays and some Wednesday nights and you will hear all of this false stuff, all this promotion of, of tradition of men and lacking the demonstration of the spirit and power of God, all this philosophy. So it's already out there. The Antichrist is already busy, but we want to be able to see what the son of God is doing through his creative ability, through his creative power. That's what we're interested in. And so we want to unveil and look at some of these things, amen, that they apply to the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so this particular segment that we're going to be opening up this morning is going to start in the book of John chapter 2, verse 1, and it'll go all the way across over to verse 3, chapter 3, uh, verse 21. So we'll be, this will be a little bit intense right here talking about the creative power of the Son of God. And so I think it's a uh, it's very important. Amen. And so the subject I want to speak to you under this morning is the revelation of Jesus Christ's creative power. The revelation of Jesus Christ's creative power. <clears throat> We're going to see a different side of him. Amen. Than we've seen in the other gospels. And again, uh, that the verses that's going to cover this initial uh, opening up of this and revealing of this is starting at verse one and down to verse 11. And then we'll transition again. And that's in the King James Bible. You have to understand that it is the miracles that Jesus did that testified of the revelation of who he was. Jesus Christ, the son of God, the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, only the miracles that he did, nobody else could do. And so this is what testifies of him. And he kept telling them, if you don't believe me for what I say, Believe me for the works that I do. Believe me for the miracles that I have performed. And they didn't get it. Amen. And so as we go through this, I pray and hope that we get it. You know, he had a, he had followers, disciples, people that were there witnessing this firsthand, and they didn't get it. 
They even accused him, man, when word got back, they sent out spies and they went back and said, he's over there healing the blind. He's over there, you know, healing uh, leopards and, and, and people getting up off sick beds and walking and carrying on and blind folks that have never seen before. And they wanted to say, well, that's blasphemy. You know, they wanted to go and arrest him, man, for out there performing. They said, that was blasphemy. No man can do these miracles but God. And so the miracles do testify of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so I pray and hope as we go through this that we get it and we don't have a lot of questions about the miracles. Let the miracles speak. Let the work of Christ speak for you because it's all through his creative power. And this is a revelation that we need to have. So let's look at a few of these miracles uh, before we go to the text this morning just to prep what the word is testifying about these miracles. And I want you to put on your spiritual ears and I want you to listen now as I read these scriptures and go over these scriptures and, and kind of expound on them. I want you to let the miracles that Christ did let them paint the picture of the revelation of Jesus Christ in that day when he was going about doing these works. And remember that eyewitnesses saw all of this, but the miracles was what he was trying to uh, promote and tell them, if you don't believe me for what I'm teaching and preaching and saying, then believe me for the miracles that I'm doing. And so we want to take a look at the first miracle over in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 4 and 5 of the King James Bible. And it says this right here. Now, think in terms of a miracle testifying of this revelation of Jesus Christ, his creative power coming through this miracle. Now, get this revelation. Jesus answered and said unto them. Now, listen to this. Jesus answered. No, not, not the prophet this time. You know, not John the Baptist this time. But this is Jesus speaking himself directly right now. And it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again these things which ye do hear and see. Not just what you hear me saying, but what you see me doing. At this time, John the Baptist has been thrown in prison. He's about to be beheaded. But before he, he gives up the ghost, John the Baptist wants to send some folks, to, to some of his followers to Jesus to find out is Jesus the one that he had been out there teaching and preaching about, you know, make way for the coming of the Lord. He want to make sure, you know, that this is the one. So he goes and tends them to tell Jesus, are you the one or do I look for another? And Jesus said, go back and tell him what you have heard me say and what my correspondent action followed, you know, what I did. And so that's so important right there. That is such a profound lesson for us right there, because James tells us, do not be a forgetful hearer of the word, but be a doer of the work. And so here Jesus is fulfilling his very own scriptures. You know, I told you, man, you don't need nothing else to interpret the word but the word. You don't need no private interpretation. He's actually saying it and he's doing it. He's got the corresponding action to go with it. Everything he's told us to do, he's doing it himself. So look, let's look at what he says here. Go tell him what you, what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, Jesus is sending his testimony back to John who want to know. Remember, John was the voice crying out in the wilderness, make way for the coming of the Lord. Then remember, John saw him coming. He said, hey, behold, the Lamb of God coming. There he is right there. And John said, he must increase so that I can decrease. Remember, we covered that last week. Bam, here the scripture is now testifying to this miracle, testifying to this creative power. Look at the list of things that Jesus did while those followers of John went out there and observed and they watched and they heard Jesus telling them, teaching them about the kingdom of the Father and following up man by sight to the blind, healing the lame. You know, look, at, look at all these miracles that are testifying. He lines them up. He lists them. You know, there's several of them right there, you know, in a row. 
And he says, and the gospel must be preached to the poor. I love that, man, because he knew that for a rich man to get into, the, into heaven, it's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. So he didn't even waste no time because he knew what the rich people were going to do. They were not going to sell everything they had and give to the poor. So he kind of like just skipped over them and he said, tell them that the gospel has been preached to the poor. You know, because he said the poor going to always be with you. You know, they had a problem with that. They didn't like the poor. They didn't want to help the poor. But Jesus came directly to them. And he said, yeah, you know, I came to seek and to save those which were lost. You rich folks, man. God, your, your, your God is your money, you know. So, so your money perish with you, you know. I come to save these people here, man, who don't have nowhere to go but up, you know. And so, you know, and so there it is right there. Then he goes on to say in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 20 through 22, the King James Bible. Now, notice these are, these are gospel references here, you know, of the, of, remember we talked about the, over there you see the Acts. And, and now in John, we see the signs, you know, of, of him, of who he is through the miracles. And so let's see another act right here in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 20, 22, the King James Bible. You know, uh, it says, when the men would come unto him, they said, John the Baptist have sent us unto thee, saying, art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of the evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. There it is again now. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. To the poor, the gospel is preached. Now you got Matthew's account. Now you got Luke's account. I'm, I mean, I love it. He's the same to Matthew. He's the same God to Luke. He, you know, he's the same God yesterday. He's the same God today. He's the same God forever. He's the same God to us today as he was to them then. He can do the same miracles right now that he was doing back then because God has not changed. You got to get this revelation. Don't think it's strange. God can do the same miracles today if we let him in. If we accept the revelation, if we let the gospel be preached to us, let the gospel be what, you know, what instructs us. He wants us to know that truth and that truth make us free to move all doubt, all unbelief and be established in the truth, walk in the truth. You know, as he has told us the truth, he is the way, the truth and the life. No man can get to the father who's able to send this creative power to do these miracles. But 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 through through Jesus Christ. You know, and so he's letting them know. And look at all these these acts he's performing right here. Then he goes on in the book of John again, chapter two, verse 11, the King James Bible, where we at right now. This is where I want to get down to. He says this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. And we're going to walk through him in just a second and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. My God, thank God that there are always some people, man, that will believe God, whether they see a sign. Thank God even for those who see a sign and still believe. Thank God for, 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 for those. I mean, both of them, he says, blessed. He said, but more blessed are those disciples, those who follow me, who don't need a sign. But they were so fortunate, they got a double-fold blessing. They got to hear it. They got to see it. Now they can believe it. Amen. You know, and so he goes on to say that. And over in the book of John, chapter three, verse two through seven, uh, the King James Bible, he says this. The same came by Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. 
For no man, listen to this now, can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Listen to this statement. Listen to this precept. He cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see it. You know, it's, it's blind to you. You can't see it. OK, you can't see it. He said, except you be born again. In other words, except you be born with what Jesus came down from the father to teach to the poor and not only to the poor, but whosoever will hear it. You know, it's the gospel. You know, he was the living word of God, incarnated word of God, full of grace and truth, came and dwelt among his own, and they did not receive him. Everybody did not receive him. But he said, as many as receive him, that them gave he the power to become the sons of God. So you got some followers here. They believe, they receive, so therefore they are the sons of God. They're following him now. You know, not everybody though. You know, here's one person right here that's very inquisitive, asking questions, but he said, except you be born again, you can't see what the rest of them see. It's blindness to you, you know. He said, but if you receive this revelation, let me unveil this to you, that if you become born from above, okay, spiritually born, we know you've been born of the water and of the, you know, and of the flesh. We know that. I'm not talking about that. He said, I'm speaking on a totally different level right now. I'm on a spiritual level right now. And until you experience that birth, that new birth, you can't see what I'm talking about because you cannot, you carnally minded folks can't discern the things of the spirit. You have to be spiritually minded and you can't let your mind be renewed unless we do what Pastor Sharon taught us a few weeks ago in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. That's a spiritual mind. It's been renewed by the word of God. You have let it take place. You've let it set up. You've let the word of God come in and renew your mind. You've let your thoughts come in alignment and agreement with his will. You know, and now you can kind of comprehend some of the things that are being said. The Holy Ghost helps you. He said, you can't see the kingdom of God. Talking to Nicodemus now, we know about Nicodemus. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, here it is now, here Jesus again. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God's way of doing things, how God sees things. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Therein is a miracle right there. That miracle right there of being born again is testifying to John. And we know at this point right here, a transition in John's life is unfolding. It's taking place. He has been a part of the Sanhedrin Council, which is the governing body of that day on religious and spiritual matters. You know, it's just like we have government today set up where he represented the government on spiritual matters. He, he was a part of the, seven, uh, the Sanhedrin Council, which was made up of Pharisees, scribes and Sadducees and priests and elders of the temple. And it was a 70 member body. They had 70 members on that body. They decided things, you know, and a lot of times it was not in the favor of the poor. It was always about them, their greed, you know, and John decided to break away from that. He said, man, this is new stuff here. I never heard any teaching and preaching like this. I, I need to get more inquisitive about this. I need to hear more about this. <laughs> And so he breaks away from the norm. And sometimes it's required that you separate. That's why the Lord said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Be in this world, but be not of this world. But be, ye, you know, transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. You know, you know, you know, be not conformed. Book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tells you that, brethren. You know, and so here's Nicodemus. He's demonstrating the word. Remember what we said? Let the word interpret what we see and what we do. 
You know, we see it right there in John's and in, in the Nicodemus's life in John's recording here of what took place. We see this man's life beginning to transform. Let's go to the book of John, chapter seven, verses 31 through 38, the King James Bible. Now, we just send some precedent here for the miracles testifying of the creative power of God. And it reads, it says, and many of the people believed on him and said, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man have done, hath done? See, they, they, they're confused right now because Jesus, is there doing, remember, they don't recognize him. He's full of grace and truth. He's doing miracles, but he's setting this thing up now to let them let the miracles testify of who he is. They hadn't got it yet, but it's taking place. And he goes on to say, the Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. <clears throat> then said Jesus unto them, yet a little while I am with you. And then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, there ye cannot come. Then saith the Jews among themselves, Whether will he go, that we shall not find him? Asking questions among themselves. Will he go unto the dead, the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this that he said? Ye shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, there, thither ye cannot come. He says, in the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture. Listen to this now. I told you the word of God interprets and testifies. You don't have to add nothing, no private. If you just read it and listen to what he's saying, as the scripture have said, as they testify, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. If we could just get that precept right there. As the scripture have said. Now let the scripture be the one. And if the scripture said it, you have every right and claim to it if you're a believer. And he says the result is out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I'd be wondering as I read that the other day, why are there not so many people, the, the, the you know, rivers of living water not flowing out of their belly? Because they don't let the scripture interpret the scripture. They try to put their private interpretation on it. They try to put and spin it with the tradition of men. And look at what they're missing out on. Listen at the look at the danger of the tradition of men that have made this glorious gospel of no effect. Come on, clergy. I hope you hear me out there. You ought to want the, the, the rivers of living water to flow out of every one of your followers, every one of your parishioners, every one of your church members. Think about the power that can be produced in your sanctuary. Think about the miracles that can take place when you don't have to fake it to make it. You don't have to create nothing. You don't have to pay people to come in and lie getting up out of a wheelchair. If you just let the scripture speak up in there, my God, it's got the power and the salvation in it. You know, God wants the rivers of living water to flow. But he said, let the scripture do the work. Let the word of God that is powerful and quick and sharper than any two-edged sword cuts asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit and bone and marrow. It is a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. It's powerful and quick and sharp. You know, it's an impenetrable rock, you know. And he's saying, look, 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 as the scripture have said, you know, even Jesus is using what the scripture said. And who are we to create some stuff, you know, our own righteousness that makes leaven it the whole lump. He goes on to say in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 24 and 30, King James Bible. He said, then come the Jews around about him and said unto him, how long doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my father's name, 
they bear witness of me, but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. I told y'all before, if you are a believer, you will never be defeated. People perish for a lack of this knowledge right here, of this truth right here. That's why they perish. He's telling you right there. Look at Hosea 4 and 6 right there in that precept. What was prophesied years ago. Look at how he's using it right here. Look at how Jesus is using this. They know they knew about the prophecies. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. I divorced my people Israel because of that. They rejected me. But look at what he's telling them right there. You know, and they shall perish for a lack of knowledge, really. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If you really are mine, you'll confess you'll never be defeated. You'll never be plucked out. You know, he'll always fight battles for you. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So they can't pluck you out of my hand. You can't pluck you out of his hand. So you ain't got to worry about that. You ain't no, no fear, you know, no worry. Because guess what? You'll never be defeated. You'll never perish because you have knowledge of the truth. Amen. As Jesus is teaching here. He goes on in verses 37 to 38 of the book of John chapter 10. King James Bible, he says, if I do not works of my father, believe me not. If I don't do these miracles that I promised I was going to do, then don't believe me. You got every right. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. Let these miracles that I'm doing testify me now. Let them let them testify me. In book of John, chapter 20, verse 29, 31, the King James Bible, he says this. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs. Listen to this now. Remember, John is about the signs. The other gospel is about the acts. But the signs here, he says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. A lot of them are not recorded in the Bible, you know, but they thank God for the ones that are. He said, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing ye might have eternal life through his name. There it is right there. The miracles testify just like the eyewitnesses the other week we were learning. And so we see it right there. All that these things are done, these these revelations, these miracles uh, revelations of Jesus Christ, created power, all are done to bring you to a place where we all believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing we might have life, eternal life through him because he is the life of men and the light of all men. Amen. So let's go a little further here in the book of Acts chapter eight, verses uh, four through 24, the King James Bible. And listen at this here. Now, this is Paul. He says, therefore, that they were scattered abroad, went everywhere, preaching the word, preaching the word, starting with Philip. Now, remember last week, we ended talking about Philip and Andrew and all of them. Remember what happened once they had come to Jesus. And man, when they heard what they heard and they saw what they saw, they went out, man, telling their brothers, Nathaniel, remember that? Andrew, they all came. They heard. They went back out. Now, look at Philip, baptized, full of the Holy Ghost right now, man. Look at what Philip is doing. Everybody else is going everywhere, preaching the word right now. They done heard the word. They done been in contact with Jesus. Their life been changed. They done seen the wit. They've been eyewitnesses to it. They can't wait to go tell somebody about these miracles, letting them testify about him. 
You know, John then got his question answered when he sent them out to find out was Jesus the one? Should he look for another? All this has been answered. All this right now has been confirmed. These are revelations now, man, that are, that are revealed themselves and speaking to them right now to a point where they want to go bear their cross now. They want to go do some work now. You know, they want to go witness now. Why? They done seen some things. Some things done testified to them that they never seen before. You know, their eyes never seen before, their ears never heard, their hearts never received. Now that they received it because they believed it, man, they're on fire right now. Listen to what Philip said. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. He didn't go preaching some other stuff, Pastor Sheriff. He didn't go there with no prosperity message, trying to get rich quick scheme. He didn't go there lying to a man, trying to cheat the people, cash apping the people. Begging aggressively for money, filthy lucre. He didn't come there to be no hireling. He was just preaching and enjoying it for the fa for the sake of what he had experienced with Jesus. You know, he was pleased that Jesus shared uh, his miracles with them. Jesus let them be a part of what he was doing, building his Father's kingdom. He was excited about that to be working for the Lord. And the people with one accord gave. Listen to that. With one accord. See, when you preach in one gospel, it'll put everybody on one accord because they ain't hearing no mixed messages. It just bothered me sometimes how people come say, well, you know, I was at this conference and I'm teaching and they telling me about what they learned at somebody's conference or what they read in some book. And I'm, I'll be wanting to say, shut up and listen to what I'm telling you. Let's all get on one accord. Let's all have one mindset. You know, God loves unity. And when he sees unity, it's right that he commanded blessing, even life forevermore. He loves that one accordance. He loves for us to be one voice, you know, many members in the body, but rightly, neatly, fitly joined together by the Holy Ghost. Don't be coming with your own agenda, you know. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to say there, man, with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spake, hearing, seeing the miracles. Listen to that now. He spake, they heard, and now they see the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with, with palsies and that were lame were healed. And these and, and says, and there was a great joy in the city. That word is a great joy in the city. When God began to move and do miracles and do work, it'll bring about a great joy. Well, if you know that's the result of the scriptures being preached and taught, then just, just go ahead on and rejoice, man, because you know how it's going to end. So don't wait till the end. Begin to rejoice now, you know. Come in his gates with thanksgiving, in his court with praise. You know how the, the word of God, it ain't coming back void according to the book of Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11. So shall his word be to go forth out of his mouth. He's going to do what he pleases and take care of the purpose of where he sent it. We know that he sent his word to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction. That's what the book of Psalms 107 uh, chapter 107 verse 20 says. So we got the word. So let's 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 just let weeping endure for a night, but let joy spring forth in the morning. Amen. Amen. But these he said, but there was a certain man called Simon, uh, which before times in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria. A lot of that going on these days, giving out that himself was some great one. This is a great time of year for all this sorcery and stuff. We're going to see it again, trying to see people, scare people. Just like we see back then, nothing new, same old spirit, same old tactics, same old cult practices, same old witchcraft and rebellion, you know, trying to scare people to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest. They were afraid of it. They didn't understand it with like black magic and all that crazy stuff, you know, saying this man is the great power of God. No, he was not. And to him, they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorcery. Same old stuff we see going on today. Yeah. But when they believe Philip's preaching and things concerning the kingdom of God, he talked about the miracles that Jesus had did 
and the name of Jesus Christ were all, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself, listen to this now, believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid there their hands on them, and, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of hands, the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me all, give me also this power, that on whosoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Mm, 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 mm. Man, look at this revelation. Thou hast neither part nor lot in the matter. <laughs> for this, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray to God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bonds of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Now, one more verse to set this precedence, and then we're going to transition. That just came out of the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 4 through 24, the King James Bible. And let's go one more verse, and then we're going to jump down into the scriptures in the book of John, the second chapter. And this, this last scripture is going to come out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, the King James Bible. Remember what we're doing here now. We're actually letting the miracles in the scripture recorded of what Jesus did, and they're testifying of his creative power. That is a revelation. We're letting the scripture be the one that speaks to us. Remember that the scripture said. That's what we're doing before we go to the miracle, the first miracle that he did. Okay, so let's go to the book of Hebrews, to the second chapter, verse 3, verse 4, uh, the King James Bible. It says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both, listen to this now, with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now, we just went through a litany of scriptures that verifies and it comes to a, a head right there in that verse of scripture. God did this. God verified who Jesus was. God sent these miracles through him. You know, so that they could testify of the creative power of, of him. Now, let's go take a look here in the book of John, the first chapter, verse one uh, of the second chapter of the book of John. And it says, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And so what this setting years here is for this miracle of creative power to take place is a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And this was one of the first miracles that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. It was three days later and Mary was in attendance and other disciples were in attendance, you know, at this wedding. Y'all know how people come together for a wedding. You can't get them together for nothing else, but have a wedding and have a funeral. You'll get all kind of people. And so that's the setting right there where this miracle is about to take place. And it's three days later that, you know, they planned it. They talked about it. You know, they had to invite people. And all of a sudden, bam, three days later, now they're getting ready to have it. And it's going down. So check out this setting. Now, I want you to view this as a social event. 
okay? View this as a social event more than you view it as a spiritual event. Now, some spiritual things are going to take place at this social event in this social setting. Some people getting ready to get married, you know. Verse 2, he says, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Jesus and his disciples did attend the marriage. Now, he had the opportunity to say no and reject. This is why we always pray that when there's a home going, we pray that the minister, even though it's a home going and you're trying to help soothe and comfort the people that have suffered a loss. But you also got to preach to the living because the Bible said let the dead bear the dead. But, you know, we preach to the living. So any event, man, we ought to be offering people the opportunity to hear about Jesus. And same thing at a social event called a wedding, you know. And when they invited Jesus and the disciples, man, they all knew, man, something getting ready to explode up in him. Something getting ready to happen. That's the wrong preacher to invite. He's been out here teaching about his father's kingdom, man. You think he's not, he, he not finna do some miracles? He want people to know who he is. <clears throat> you know, so he's getting ready to reveal to them who he is by releasing this creative power at this social event. So don't limit God, man, to just preaching on Sunday and Wednesday. I don't care what the gathering is. We ought to expect somebody in there, man, to say something about God. If there's anybody in there who know God, if you get a half opportunity, you know, include him. And so you see he's called and invited to it. Amen. I always tell people, Pastor Sharon, I used to go place and speak. Do you mind if the pastor, bishop, whoever, do you mind if we let the Holy Ghost use us? And boy, when they said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It was on, man. It was on. I wasn't preaching it, 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 for another invitation or to come back. You know, most of the time they give them the fifty, hundred dollars. We turn around and give that back to them because we don't preach for money. We just want to see the power of God liberate people. Verse three, he goes on to say, and when they wanted wine, mm -mm -mm, the mother of Jesus said unto them, they have no wine. The concern of Jesus's creative power. OK, this this place, the burden on his anointing this place, the burden on his creative power. But this is the kind of scene that Jesus loved. Jesus loved these kind of things where it's too hard with man, but it's possible with him. When you look over in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 27, the disciples had a lot of concerns about some things that was too hard. They had seen some things that wasn't getting done. And Jesus said, these things that you're trying to do, they're, they're impossible with man, but they're possible with God. Nothing too hard for God. Jesus loved these kind of tough situations like this. He loved these kind of social events like this. He loved these kind of situations, man, where, where men, uh, they're limited. And then they turn to him and call on him. Mary had a social concern. Her concern was strictly social. We got a wedding here. We're normally having wine here and drink and beverage and all that. And we don't have any. They're out. Them gluttons done drank it all up. You know, so her concern was social. Jesus was always spiritual. But look at what happened here. Jesus Christ's creative power is not limited to just spiritual matters. It works in all matters pertaining to life and godliness. You got to know that. He's not limited. It works in any situation, in any environment. He just want to be invited in. He don't kick no doors in. He stands at the door and knock. And if any man open up and invite him in, he will come in and sup with you. And he'll do miracles up in there, man, because when man is limited and run out and they can't do it. See, you know, verse four, he says, Jesus says unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. However, when it comes to Jesus, his concerns are always of a deeper nature. He is always aiming to meet man's spiritual need versus man's social and natural need. He'll add those things to you. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's why he tells her, what do you got to do with me right now? You're talking about social issues. Don't you know who I am? 
Have you not seen the miracles that I do? None of this stuff is true. Why are you so concerned about that? You know, how will he accomplish this? Through his uh, hour which had come and through his death which was at hand. Verse 5 he says, his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Man, that's powerful right there. To reinforce his creative power because she had seen some of the things that he had done. She knew what he's capable of. Mary's confidence in her son shines through this miracle, through this comment she just made. You know, she's speaking prophetically, even though she's concerned about them not having no wine at this wedding. But Jesus is on a totally different level than she is, you know, because he knows her thoughts are far. Verse six, he says this. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three furlings apiece, furlings apiece. Now we get to witness the revelation of Jesus Christ's creative power. We see the materials that are gathered, such as water jars. These are usually used for the cleaning of the house or for carrying drinking water, which doesn't mean anything to Jesus Christ. What man uses them for, but when his creative power comes in contact with these earthly materials, miracles can uh, be the result. Miracles can happen because it doesn't limit his power. You know, what man uses them for sometimes is not what God uses them for. He's trying to confine every wise mind that's out there at that wedding sitting there watching. You know, all the things of the other world is foolishness to him. <clears throat> but he will use them only to accomplish his spiritual purposes because he's trying to get that desired result. Mm, you. you want people to believe that he is the son of God, you know. Oh. Verse 7, he says, Jesus saith unto them, listen to this, fill these water pots with water and they fill them up to the brim. He, uh, how does his creative power jumpstart this? Well, uh, number Remember, we must follow his command to the T. And they did that. What was the command they followed? To prepare for this creative power of God. He wanted them to get them water pots and fill them up. Mm. Now we see obedience is required. I don't care how foolish it might sound, what the occasion is. If he told you to do it, obedience is better than sacrifice. It is required. Simple as uh, uh, they drew water, just like they were told, no questions, just their obedience, which is always better than any sacrifice. And doing so, they experienced right there on the spot at a social event, the spiritual creative power of Jesus Christ right in their midst. So he's concerned about where we are socially, more concerned about what we see about him spiritually. Verse eight, remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When they did obedience, they were seeking the kingdom of God because obedience is a principle and a concept and a required law in the, in the kingdom of God. Amen. Remember what Deuteronomy said? Hearken unto the voice of the Lord and do all that I've commanded you this day. Yes. And all these miracles, all these blessings in the book will be added to you. Yes. You know, then he says, if you don't hearken, if you don't obey, if you don't, then all these curses in the book, these plagues will be on you. On. You know, so they, they, they knew something. Verse 80 says, and he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governors of the feast. Their obedience allowed them to experience the very creative power of Jesus Christ. That water went in, but wine came out. Yes. 
Verse 9, he says, and they bear it. They freaking out, man. They bear it. They saw it. They were like, oh, my God, we did what he told us to do. We put water in there. But look, it's got wine in them pots. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called for the bridegroom who, who, uh, who know we know from the teachings of the revelation of Jesus Christ, there is always results that merits or credit Jesus Christ's created power over man's created power. See, uh, with God's created power, man needs are met. This is not the case with man's created power because it's limited to what man can afford to, to buy at the liquor store. You know, when they're going to have an event, they got to go buy it. And if the store ain't got it, they got to ride all over town and try to find it. Even with Jesus Christ's created power, man's understanding is still limited and comprehension is limited in scope. However, all man could do besides being amazed was express their appreciation for the demonstration of Jesus Christ's created power at this wedding feast. I'm praying for every wedding from this day forward, this is me talking here, show up, Lord, and release your created power on all attendees. Amen. Let's get two more verses and pray here. Verse 10. And saith unto him, every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou have kept the good wine until now. God's glory was revealed. There was a reason for keeping it. God had to get the glory. Jesus was in attendance. He was called to it. So if Jesus is going to show up there, he ain't coming empty handed. He bringing his miracles. He bringing whatever he needs to do, man, to be able to, to win people over, to let them see and expose them to his miracle working power. Letting them know that who he is. Let the miracles testify. Let the scriptures be fulfilled. You know, what was said about me? I'll come and make it good if it was said. Verse 11 for the final verse before we pray. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory <coughs> and his disciples believed on him. When we see God's glory was revealed, if we look in the book of Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 18, the King James Bible, look what Paul said. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 18, King James Bible. Herein is a great miracle, man. You know what I'm saying? So we can't compare nothing to this. So we see here that the disciples' faith is strengthened in the creative power of God. Ours should be too when we see God do miracles. Mine was when he told me he was going to heal me of cancer. What a revelation to be able to witness the creative power firsthand. I'm a witness. I know I'm not alone. Someone on this call this morning is getting ready to witness for the first time the creative power of Jesus Christ working your life. Your faith is being fortified and strengthened this morning, and the results are going to be amazing. They're going to be awesome, going to be incredible, because God, through his teaching about the revelation of Jesus Christ, his son, is going to perform this. See with God's created power, man's needs are met. That's what you got to know. With God's created power, man's needs are met. Amen. And you're about to witness some created power of God, some things that he's going to do. He's going to perform this. 
Amen and amen. And so be it. We are going to stop right here and just pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for your word. How your miracles, oh God, are testifying the revelation of the creative power of Jesus Christ. We just thank and praise you for this first miracle, turning this water into wine. We thank and praise you for the effect that it had on all those who were at this social event. And Father, we know that you are not limited in your creative power as man is limited. Only you can perform the type of miracle that you perform that bring credibility to you. The merits belong to you. And we even know today that our salvation, Lord God, is based on the merits of Jesus Christ's finished work on that cross. We know that there are those out there right now that are about to encounter and experience, oh God, as these disciples experience, Lord God, as all that were in attendance, oh God, experience at this social event. We know that your creative power is about to show up at some home-going services, at some wedding services, some birthday celebrations, whatever the social events are, that when people are gathering together in large numbers right now, now. Father, we're praying today, God, for the first time that some of them will experience the creative power of God. We need a move of God like we've never moved, needed one before. God, in some of these debates that are coming up on Tuesday, we pray that the power of God, the creative power of God, will show up and take over, Lord God, the environment, Lord God. And, and Father, we just praise you right now that even, Lord God, in anything else that's going on large scale right now, God, we learned that this weekend there was a prayer gathering on the mall in Washington, D.C. Father, we're praying that as people gather together to pray for all these other reasons, oh God, political reasons and whatnot, that God, you would do the spiritual things, do the spiritual work, Lord God. Father, show up as you've always shown up yes. in, in history, oh God, where they were there for one thing, social events and all kind of political events and all kind of other gatherings, oh God, to party and to do whatever, to hang out. But God, we're praying in the name of Jesus in these last days that you would show up and pour out your spirit on all flesh, on our sons oh. and our daughters, and that they would begin to prophesy, Lord God. And yes, and young men and old men would dream dreams and see yes. visions, oh God. And so we, that they'll know, God, that God has visited this place, that God is in the presence, oh God, that you're in the midst, oh God, yes, and you're doing yes. spiritual work, Lord God, to conform man. You're taking the foolishness that they gather for and you're turning around and using it, oh God, for your glory to bring glory and honor and praise and credibility to your holy name, Jesus. So, Father, we're just praying right now, God, as we see this first miracle in, in Cana of Galilee, God, that today we're declaring that we're going to see the creative power of God and your miracles are going to testify to your greatness, who you are. And we're not going to have to have any private interpretation, any false prophecies or lies being spoken or told of us by the laying on of hands and anointed with oil by those, God, who are false, God, who are not true men and women of God, Lord, who do not go by what the scriptures say. But, God, they create their own righteousness, oh, God. And so, Father, today in the name of Jesus, we're calling a cancellation to all that is the false work, the false prophecy, the false teaching. And, God, we're denouncing right now every false lie, deception that has been spoken to your people. And we're declaring the truth of your word that has been spoken today, God, that even right now, let it bear witness, oh, God. Let it testify to the revelation of the creative power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give you praise, glory, and honor right now. We pray that the lost is experiencing this power right now. We pray that the backsliders are being touched by this power right now. We pray, God, that the prodigal sons and daughters is hearing this truth again, and it's motivating them, it's encouraging them, it's putting their life on pause long enough for them to make an intelligent decision that they're returning back to their first love. We thank you that even gays and straights are hearing this truth for the first time, and they're being sanctified, they're being broken free, they're being released right now by it, and they're coming to their right minds, and they're their identity is being restored to them, what you created them to be, God, and not what they chose to be. And even right now, Lord God, we're praying for the atheists out there that don't believe in you, that this revelation is coming upon them right now. And they can't deny you, God. All over the world, those who struggle with the deity of Christ, we're praying that this right now is ministering to them and a change is taking place right now, God. All over the world, God, it's going out right now. It's not coming back, boy, to do what you please and take care of the purpose for which you sent it, God. We give you all the praise and glory and honor this morning, Lord God, for these revelations, oh Lord God, that have been given to us that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God 
and that through his name we shall have life. And we give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hopefully you got a lot out of this lesson this morning. We will continue picking up at verse 12 uh, the next time. All right.